freak out. Alright. Alright. Uh, let's get this work. shit show on the road. Oh, I wouldn't call it a shit show. I mean, our show, maybe, not so much. Yeah, okay, I was I was being a little I was I was I was being a little like like rude um to our to our show, to our audience, to ourselves. Um Listen, I can never be rude to everyone who listens to this. I am I am obligated to be rude to everyone who listens to this then, by the way. Every single person? Every single person. If you listen to the, if you give me attention, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that so, uh, is... welcome to Despaircast Season 2, Episode 3, it is, I guess? It's Yeah, it's Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa series, one murder at a time. Uh, I am your ultimate host, Kyrie. I am the ultimate fangirl, Jennifer Uncle. I'm Jackie, I'm not ultimate at anything, but I try my best and that's what counts. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to be the ultimate at something. You can just be good at something. Or you, you don't even have to... Fuck it. You try to be, be the ultimate at you. Exactly. You don't have to be good at anything. Yeah. It's our capitalist yeah. society that forces us to no, be good we're, we're, at things. Like, we are the perfect... You don't have to be good at shit. I, like... I'm not good <laughs> at it. I'm good for nothing. Come on. And I'm doing just fine. Uh, okay, so... Onto the onto the uh, the game proper or the meat of the podcast. Yes, we have covered the daily life section of chapter two of Super Danganronpa Two: Goodbye Despair. I um. Would... So I felt that this, uh, and I, I posted about it on Twitter a little bit. I catched about it. I felt like. Towards the end of this daily life, the, the the game kind of pulled up and, you know, kind of saved itself. But it was really was, like, death spiraling for me after, uh, like, ever since, like, the Komaeda reveal. This has been kind of, it's been rough. It's um, been a little, it's been a little, little shaky, especially after our first case. And yeah, this, if, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, it feels like the, um... It feels like it's, I hope, it feels like it's trying to get all the shit out of the way first. And I hope that's the case. Because, like, there were points during this chapter where my eyes glazed the fuck over. Like, Such I as? think the, uh, the part where they reveal, like, the, the abandoned, like, the, gro- the overgrown school. And, like, there, it's just, like, it was so much. It was just, no, I don't care about this. This is a one big self suck. I don't want to be a part of this. Um, and it's just like, I, I think the biggest problem with the game so far has been that it has these very interesting characters that it absolutely refuses to show you because it just wants to show you the plot. Like it's right. Like it's really big on like okay, you know, here's what's going on on the island and Monokuma's driving everything and it's like no, I don't. I just. Let the characters do their thing. Let them breathe. Have confidence in them. You have picked out a generally good cast. I wouldn't say stellar, because I think some of them are just underdeveloped. They feel half-baked. But right now, like, there is a solid groundwork 
if this game felt like that's the thing that's really just driving me nuts is that like this game felt competent in its characters, let them breathe, gave us more time with them doing their own shit, and just mm-hmm. let scenarios naturally develop from there instead of having like Monokuma provide like absurd motives, like the fucking video game he has you play. Like, oh yeah, fuck off. Like, the twi- fuck, off. <laughs> fuck off. Nobody's Twilight- gonna. Twilight Syndrome murder case, which yeah. is based off of an actual game that Spike like published back in the day. Yeah, it was a little bit of a self suck, huh? <laughs> is that a the second bit. time? Just a little okay. bit of a self suck. That is, that is two stri- that is two strikes of the self suck. No, really, yeah, no. This is this is that's the thing though is that it it felt very um is like I kind of knew that I kind of knew that going in, so it felt very like this this part of the chapter at least felt very self-indulgent um it kind of did that thing and i feel weird comparing it to like dark souls 3 but like there's that's a a hell of a comparison it's weird at first but there's a like but whenever i talk about dark souls 3 i always like one of the things i keep touching down on is that my big beef is that it tries to it's like oh hey do you remember the first game remember how cool the first game was aren't we just like the first game? And I f- it felt a lot like Danganronpa 2 at this point was trying to really hammer at home that the first game whipped total ass and that like you should really enjoy this game because it's also the first because it's just like the first game. And it's like, right. but it's not. Like you have to accept that, the, that you have already released Danganronpa 1. You can't go back to Danganronpa 1. Its cultural impact is there. Anybody who is who is playing the sequel has probably played the first game. Doesn't need this set up for them. You can skim over that bullshit. Right. Or otherwise make it optional. Right. And you can't but and you can't recapture, you know, releasing the first game over again. You have right. to just go ahead with what you've already put on the table. And it feels like, at least for this chapter, uh, Danganronpa 2 has really struggled with that. Yeah, I Um, can definitely see where you're coming from with that, where it is making explicit references to the first game, especially like when you get into a library, there is explicit reference to uh, Genocide or Show. God, the the library! I completely forgot about that, but the fact that they introduced, like, a second serial killer in the library, and then, like, they made this this side thing on serial killers is, like, enough. Dog. Stop. Chen, you were were raising your hand. Uh, Oh, I wasn't raising my hand. I was just... I was just moving my hands around. Stretching. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just gonna say that the... The the reason why they're well, uh, there's a purpose behind them basically coming back to these touchstones, and it might partially be because they are trying to recapture some of that first game, but they are also they're also making a statement, and they're not completely finished making that statement yet. So it's something that's they're sort of building to by putting these elements of one um in over and over again. I can respect that, but I wish that I wish they had set those elements of one like further apart and less explicitly because they are laying it on really thick for this for this part of the chapter, and it was very very dry and boring. Right. <laughs> like, it was it was not a it is like I again like this it pulled up towards the end of it, 
Um, and I will say, like, this chapter had me doing the unthinkable. I, I kind of found Hyoko growing on me. Um, yeah, Hyoko like, at the what beginning. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, Hyoko at the beginning. Um, first off, Hyoko stinky. I have that. Oh yeah, she is. She is confirmed for stink. Um, she gets fucking owned for that. I, like again, like I think this. Like, I feel like if in the first, like I, I wrote it, I put in my notes that like at the first, if if she was a less serious bully, in like the first chapter or so, uh, it would be, it would be a little more endearing when she got owned for being stinky. Like I feel like they laid it out. Like I feel like they they laid it on a little too thick at the start because right. it made me it made me a little a lot slower to warm up to her. Right. Well, what what did what did Hyoka do that helped you warm up to her? Uh, I mean, getting owned for Stinky is like absolutely part of it. But also, um, I feel like her relationship with Mahiru started off being like a thing that was like, oh, okay, like I can kind of see, you know, I can kind of see the vibes here. You know, I wish these characters had more time to exist before it started doing this. But I like the, but I mean, putting Mahiro in a designated Onesan role and having Hyoko be like this, you know, like this stinky uwu, little child. Not, uh, yeah, like this kind of, well, putting Stinky aside, like, okay, yes, she gets owned because, she, like, that's, the, I mean, that is, of course, within, it's a weird thing to bring up, but, like, of course, that is within the text because she can't, like, dress her, she can't wear, like, wear she the, can't. She, she can't, can't tie her sash. Yeah, she can't tie the obi, which I thought was actually really funny because, like, you know, or not funny so much it was, like, a good and interesting character thing to do since Hyoko is, of course, like, the ultimate traditional dancer. So she is, like, this... So she is this big hearkening to, 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 to uh, tradition type, this very conservative, like, you know... She kind of appeals to this very conservative, like, Japanese uh, traditional thing... But she can't live up to it on her own, right? And she need and like she needs help, and ultimately she is still a child. And I feel like bringing that up would have been more effective if Hyoko wasn't like a well-established dickhole. Um, but also I like the fact that Mahiro is designated Onesan, um, and that Mah- and that her Mahiro uh, Mahiro's design is actually kind of cute. Like I I didn't really like. Big shame what happens at the end of this chapter, but like, yep, there goes my hero. Yeah, I was like, well, as soon as I was like, oh wow, she's starting to grow on me. I'm like, yep, she's dead. She is dead. Like, she is a corpse. Uh, and I, fi- I clocked that like way before. I, I thought, frankly, I thought Pecco was gonna get murdered because like the um, she appeals to me, and this is exactly what happens to characters that I like is they always get murked. Um. But it was just, it was just my hero. We'll just take what she, my hero took it for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, oh, also Hyoko does the, um, does the George Costanza, you know, uh, baseball face that the one that gets, the one that gets posted like, oh, I seriously yeah, hope yeah, you guys yeah. don't do that. But like, you know, she does that face and it's, I didn't realize it was specifically that face until like, I saw it again, and I was like, wait a moment. I know exactly where that's from. Um, I don't know if that was a specific reference or if the, face, or if the idiot smug face just looks very familiar, but I do like that she was channeling a very Costanza face going on. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's explicit, but there are a bunch of like 
obnoxious memes during this part of the chapter. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, th- yeah, there are like, a lot of this game seems a lot memey, a lot memey. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, the first like the there's like a phrase that Ibuki says. It's like, oh, welcome to the world of girl love. It's slippery when wet. Which okay, Bon Jovi references in twenty whatever. Okay, oh, sure. I, oh, yeah, wait, because she's the ultimate musician. Ah, Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, then, that, I am okay, I'm entirely okay with that one. Yeah, that works yeah. just fine. But then, like, the Never Gonna Give You Up reference. Yeah, no, that one, that one I am just done with. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. done with that. I'm, like, that might also be because, like, internet memes have kind of ruined that song for me, but, like, nah. It's still a good song, but yeah. it, internet memes have. Listen, Rick Astley is, is, a, is an actor. Rick Astley is a... He's an extremely talented singer. Have you listened yeah, to 50? Yeah, he's extremely skilled at what he does. Like, there is a reason he has stuck around for this long. Um, His album 50 was really fucking good. I have not listened to Rick Astley in, in like, since 2010. But I, I, I trust, I trust you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I... I can definitely see why Spike Chunsoft this year decided, you know what, we're just going to buy back the rights to publish uh, Danganronpa and take care of things ourselves from now, because, I don't know, I, I feel like NIS America... Um, Nissan Inti some- Software has a problem with being, like, weird, out-of-touch internet mean people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also had a bad habit of not crediting any of the English voice cast uh, for the dubs in any of the games. Yeah. Which is why, like, that's part of the reason why in the first episode of each season we try, try to shout out the English voice cast, because they they deserve something, because the English voice cast in this game still does a pretty good job, even though we're playing yeah. in Japanese. Even, um, I mean, even, like, the translators and shit, just working in, like, working in translation, working in dubbing, that sort of shit, like, that you get fucked over pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I work in translation or dubbing. Lord knows I am fairly fluent in one language. Um. Right, but the translation, like, in this game is, like, occasionally there are good, like, translations but then there is just like meme bullshit or just like very literal translations of like from what the japanese is saying yeah i think Um, generally so far like just the text alone it's been very it's things have been very competent like things have flown pretty well there is um a general sense like there's a strong command of voice um some concepts that get brought up like uh some concepts that get brought up that are like a little um that are more accessible for a japanese audience but kind of esoteric for an american one uh are have been kind of gracefully uh integrate have well not integrated but kind of gracefully uh translated across i, I think overall it's, it's a very it's a it, it is a rather competent um yeah it's been a rather competent trip overseas so to speak mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. Like I, like I complain about it, but it's still like there's a decent like translation in there. Um, yeah. Like I like the character voice for Ibuki a lot. Like I think they did a really good job translating her lines. There's a few like funnier. There's a few funny lines here and there. 
Um, one that stuck out to me was when you go into the library, um, Amonami shows up and just goes like, hello, I'm reading a book. Which yeah. is, like, for some reason, like, it worked for me. Uh, it didn't work for me. I, I'm gonna be <laughs> honest, having two Monokumas was a big fucking mistake. Um, I feel like they they just, I mean, again, they, they take a lot of time, they, they tend to push the plot around, like, Monomi Mono and Monokuma are these characters that you don't really interact with so much as you are kind of forced by them to engage with the capital P plot. And I get it, but also they make it very difficult to have enthusiasm for what's going on. Like, I kind of felt like the guy in the dick flattening meme whenever they showed up, because it's like, oh yeah, you know, time for plot. And it's like, I don't want to. I don't really want to. I'll go along, but I don't want to. Like, they brought the, the fucking... And also, you know, here's the thing. I really think that if you are going to have these same characters interject into the story again and again and again, you should give them multiple themes. Because if I have to hear this, the first four bars of Monomi's theme again, I will shit my fucking pants. I will, I will, I will become Nekomaru. I swear to God, if I have to hear this, the, the fucking, like, the... Even just like even like even just the like the the soundtrack is just it shifts between like tones so often that it's just like you better have like a really fucking killer soundtrack if you're gonna do this and Danganronpa it does but it doesn't have a killer enough soundtrack you know yeah the, it doesn't help that like a lot of the soundtrack is just kind of remixes of the um first theme or well, first game themes. Yeah, exactly. There's some there's some good like a new original stuff in here. But um, also uh, I think worth pointing out is that like Danganronpa has such a bombastic in your face soundtrack that when it gets repeated it's very obnoxious more than it is just loud. Right. Like, it's just, it. after a point, it just becomes, like, it draws attention to itself, so it becomes repetitive and annoying. And I think, like, Soda marks that, what's his, what's his, Kazuichi, I think? Kazuichi? Yeah, Kazuichi, yeah, I, I was, like, referring to him internally on my notes as Soda, which was a big mistake, because, but whatever. He, he, he notes that they're annoying, but like that didn't really help because if there's one thing that really doesn't work when you write when you are writing a piece of fiction that draws attention to itself as a piece of fiction is to have a character go wow that was that sure was a bad thing that the that just happened huh and right. then like draw attention to the fact that you have just written a bad thing into the text and then had one of your characters who is under your control because you are writing them draw attention to the fact that you just did a shitty thing like, mm -hmm. that's not self-awareness so much as... That's not clever self-awareness so much as it is just, like, making us engage with the shitty thing twice. Right. Um, let's see, what yeah. else was... Um, let's see, what else was going on in this chapter? We got into a new island. It's themed. Right. Like, that, well, that kind of whipped. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, on the island was, if I recall, there was the quote the the ruins, uh, the uh, pharmacy, uh, library, and the diner. Which you find Fuyuhiko in the diner at one point, uh, just sort of eating a hamburger by himself. Um, Fuyuhiko on his own in a diner eating a hamburger. What a miserable motherfucker! <laughs> I, I am a big fan of Fuyuhiko. Going into the back of the diner, cooking himself one extremely lousy hamburger, and just sitting out front and eating it. Like, just the saddest little mafia boy that you can ever imagine. Right. And now, we were talking off air, you had mentioned something interesting, how you felt like Fuyuhiko would be a stronger protagonist. Yes! So, I am I am a big Fuyuhiko fan, big Fuyuhiko fan here. Um, and I'm not really so much of a big Hajime fan, because I feel it. Uh, yeah, I feel like Hajime ends up just kind of saying the obvious a lot, like things that you, the viewer, are already aware of, and all mm-hmm. like he doesn't really bring much to the mix. Um, right. And maybe he'd be better off as like a side character. And I think because he has so much in common with Makoto, having him as a side character would actually add more depth to the text because you'd have Fuyuhiko. As the main character, you'd have his internal monologue and the experiences that he brings to the story uh, as, like, put front and center. And maybe you'd have the fact that he's a loner would make it, like, that you could make the appeal of most of the other characters in the actual text itself. Rather than just in the, rather, not just the text, but, like, in the text of the specific, like, linear part of the text. Rather than, like, rather than just scattering it all, all around. Mm-hmm. Or you can make the opening more open-ended or some such uh, because, like, Fuyuhiko is already established. His deal is immediately apparent. It's immediately readily apparent. You know you know everything about him pretty much from the glance and from as soon as he starts opening his mouth. Um, yeah, Fuyuhiko is a really strongly written character. and he, he makes... He does a thing that I think... Danganronpa as a whole really struggles with in that he makes a fucking entrance. Like, Fuyuhiko is a character who exists in a way that, like, can't really be ignored and can't really be, like, written off as something else. Right. He absolutely, like, makes his, like, presence known. Um... I love every time you interact with him in this chapter is a great interaction, I think, because literally even, fantastic. Yeah, because like even in the diner, like I love the fact that he lets slip that he has like a, he has a little sister that he like looks after and like he gets really mad at you for like he's he forces he says that like, oh, you made me slip up. Or something like that. It's like, nah, dog, I'm just standing here. I'm just standing here. He, just, he trauma overshares with you. Yeah. <laughs> God. But yeah, no, that's that's like, God. He tr- fucking he trauma overshares with you. What a little gay boy. Like, <laughs> really honestly, like, is that not the the quintessential the quintessential trait? Um, yeah, no, he's great. He he literally he is he is so much more. He is so much more immediately compelling than anyone in the cast. I wish I could hang out with him without like compromising the fact that he is an edgy Ulu loner. Like plus I don't think it gives you the opportunity to, to really hang out with him in the beginning. No, I think that's something I have to unlock. Well I think what it 
what it is is that after a certain point in the story, like you'll be able to start hanging out with them. He's like, like um, Thangarapa Two does this thing where certain characters are locked off from doing their social link with um, until either parts of the story progress or, um, well, it's mostly that. It's mostly yeah. I was gonna say it, he like. I think I okay. So like right off the bat, Fuyuhiko's presence in the text literally confirms that like from from okay. So from hanging out with Becca, which I was gonna get into like oh who we hang out hung, hung out with later, but like yeah. it's pretty much immediately apparent that Fuyuhiko is her childhood friend, and she is like not like she is like a yakuza, like she was trained to be like his bodyguard essentially. He's the ultimate yakuza. She's like the ultimate yakuza's muscle. And, like, I think Fuyuhiko's presence in the text and the fact that they are, like, connected basically confirms that Peko's going to die. And I think, of course, that we're going to open, that Fuyuhiko's going to open up. If not after Peko dies, then, like, at some point um, when her death is made relevant to, like, what's going on. Like, maybe she'll die. Maybe she'll, like, directly attack Monokuma and get smoked for it. Who fucking knows? Um, but. Fuyuhiko will be the um, will be like that will open up Fuyuhiko as a consequence probably. Yeah. That's my prediction. Um, Speaking of your predictions, I thought it was very funny last episode where you were like, why don't they just tie Komaeda up? And, and they literally tied him up. I am <laughs> yep. so I, I love when people take my advice. I, I saw that clip and I was I was I uh I don't remember. Did I post it in the Discord? I definitely took a screen cap of it because I was like, I was gonna well, you say f- you found it extremely hilarious that he spends like the entire time tied up. Yeah, it's also it's also fantastic that Koma ate it. Like, oh wait, yeah, they tie him up. Um, I, I he I put in my notes. Okay, so he does this opening monologue with that's like a high school edgelord attempting ideology, which is like incredibly funny. I know maybe it's not intended to be, but like Koma ate is is inherently. Just this goof ass child. He at some point during it, he says, "A small dog can never become a big dog." And Inez and I were losing our goddamn minds at it because we were like, "That is literally how dogs work." <laughs> it's called small. It's called it's small called dog. It's a puppy, idiot. They grow it's up. Gro- <laughs> <laughs> well, a small dog can never become a big dog. Well, have you seen a single post on on like the aw subreddit? Like, oh, all yeah, people like- post there is their small dogs growing into big dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right, and they're big dogs acting like small dogs. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking go fail your driver's test, dumbass. <laughs> um, also, during that monologue, his lip flaps are absolutely ridiculous. Um, just this extremely goof-ass, like, while he's talking, because they didn't animate, like, an actual mouth on him, he's just like... Oh, it's shifting between like, two frames? It literally just looks like a Muppet. <laughs> he looks like a Muppet. He's just this horrible little Muppet man, <laughs> which is great. Like I feel like I really hope that this is how they intend for Komaeda to come across because he doesn't actually come across as like this, this like fucked up Joker man. So much he comes off as like this, you know, like you know when I post on Twitter how I'll just capitalize like words like as a title. Like this is how, like I would write. This is how I would write out Komaeda being the fucked up Joker. Like he is, he is less like actual fucked up Joker man, and more like the guy who makes his display name on Twitter fucked up Joker man. 
He's definitely someone who has capital I ideology in terms of uh, the way that he sees social strata and a bunch of characters take their time to basically be like, shut the fuck up. This is... His, you his, have capital, I, his capital I ideology is like raining crayon. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> Komaeda is just the stupid... Like, Komaeda is absolutely a believable like 15-year-old because he is completely... Because, like, if you spent 30 seconds, read, like, looking at his actual worldview, it would just be this incomprehensible, immature slurry of, like, you know, small I feel dog like... can never become a big dog. I shut feel the fuck like... up. Shut up. <laughs> just shut up, like... man. I feel like on some level, like, the characters just, like, treat him, like, just don't touch him with a six-foot pole, like. They really, they really did this. I feel like that's one of the things, that's one of the threads that kept me, like, that kept me coming back to the, that kept me, that, that, like, kept me hooked with this chapter, really, was that, like, the game, like, the characters in the game, at least, seem to get that Komaeda is kind of up his own ass. So they, like, tie him up, they throw him in the shed, and, God, they tie him up and they throw him in the shed, huh? Yeah, they do. <laughs> And, and then um, he's like, oh, Hajime I have a little... has to bring food to him, but like Hajime doesn't untie him. So he just walks away while Komeda's going like, hey, this like meekly in the background. Hey, can I get a little help here? <laughs> Aren't you going to feed me, Hajime? Please, I don't, I don't have a spoon or anything. I'm not. <laughs> there's a, there's a funny little detail that apparently Mahiro tried to like bring him breakfast beforehand, but um Komaeda doesn't like rice he likes toast and it's like the idea that he made demands of her I, yeah I, I really think that they should have that she should that like you should have just been sent into the into the Komaeda dungeon for some other reason and you should have just seen Komaeda with like a tray in his face full of rice like she just threw the tray in his face I just think that that's how that should have played out because it would have been way better than her like acquiescing it and being like the errand girl, right? But also, it wasn't it wasn't too terrible. I do like the idea that Komaeda is a whiny little bitch, though. Um, and I'm glad he got punched in the face. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I just put down. Thank God, someone punched Komaeda in the face. So I can't remember who punched him in the face. But I think he, he definitely did get punched in the face. And for that, either, we are grateful. Yeah, it's either Nekamaro or um, Kazuichi who uh, did it um, because like throughout the chapter, they are the ones like being obviously suspicious saying like, we didn't tie Nagito into oh, yeah, they're very in the shed. They're very explicitly. I do love that. They are both dumbasses. I feel oh, like, yeah, it's great. I feel like Dragon Rapa two finally understands that like part of the appeal of a, like part of what you want from a character is just dumb and harmless. Like and that's the I mean and that seems to be Kazuichi's whole deal just to a T. He's just dumb and harmless. I like yeah. Kazu. I like like I've said before. I've mentioned this in previous episodes. I didn't like him so much the first time I played through this game, but he's really grown on me the second time through because he's just like you said, he's dumb and harmless. He's just this wife guy who just like he doesn't think things through. He doesn't necessarily like he doesn't think three steps ahead but there's something endearing about that yeah um he's kind of he's just kind of this head ass 
Um, I think some of the comments he makes about Sonya don't really uh, vibe with me that well, but I think other than that, like just accepting that Dion Rapa as a text is kind of leery and Kazuichi is, you know, just an extension of that. Some or not really just an extension of that. Like Kazuichi's opinions on Sona Sonya are like coming through that lens mm-hmm. when something that you that some a, a work without that sort of out uh, without that sort of influence on its uh, presented worldview um, would maybe not have Kazuichi be as leery. Maybe just be a little more like you know a little more normal about it. Uh, would have yeah made him yeah. It, it's kind of immaterial to me. I don't. I don't super care. Like it, kind of rolls off. Uh, I, like I've been watching anime since I was a small child. I know how it is. I, shit gets bad. I don't care. I do kind of like that. Uh, um, Hajime's indecisiveness really blows back on him over him agreeing to go over to the diner with Kazuichi and basically flank the girls trying to have their own beach event. Their their own private beach events. They, you kind of get the sensation that they're like, oh, we kind of expected this from Kazuichi, but you're here too, Hajime, huh? Yeah, Hajime's kind of, it, it, at least, I mean, fence sitters, you know, yeah, Hajime's like a kind of a professional fence sitter, so it's it's nice to see that he, uh, you know, gets his comeuppance for being, you know, for being the sort of person who won't decisively go like, hey, Kazuichi, don't be a fucking weirdo, and instead <laughs> rolls along with it. Um, oh, will we? I will say this though, like, on God, the Peko swimsuit shot was ten thousand. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure you were all waiting with uh, bated breath for my take on this, and of course, I'm gonna have to pause my recording because my phone is ringing. Okay. All right, recording will resume. Um, oh wait, uh, how do I resume recording? I am. A oh. Fool. Oh, hold um, on. Probably should have just kept it recording, but uh, I, yeah, no, I. Yeah, I, did you hit stop? I hit I hit pause. Okay. Um, oh wait, no, I fixed it. I fixed okay. it. Okay. There cool. we go. Man, fuck home phones. I don't know why anybody still owns them. I don't know why I still own one. I God, fuck home phones. There's nothing I hate more than home phones. All my homies hate home phones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry, we got interrupted by my home phone by Bobby. Uh, okay. Bobbity Bob. Yeah, by my, Bobbity by Bob. my home. We got, we we got interrupted talk- by... Okay. On God. Let's get this shit over with. <laughs> I'm so done. Um, okay, so let me just go down my list of fun things. I think we have just covered... Pretty much just covered the the, uh, the start of Daylight so far. Um, at some point, somebody says who cares about Komaeda, and I agree. Fuck Komaeda. I think I, I want to beat him with a stick just for jokes. Um, There is a fight scene with Nekomaru and uh, Akane, and I think it's okay. I wish Nekomaru was more of that instead of the shit guy. Right. There is a pretty good good line from Ibuki about, like, how they're just two battle maniacs or something like that. Yeah, that was incredibly lame. I think she should have been the the Chuni instead of uh, Gangnam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm just a battle maniac. You're 14. Calm down. It It is pretty great when Nekomaru goes into actual life coach slash trainer mode. And... Yeah, I wish he was just that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, it, 
Oh, go ahead. I feel like you could do. There's more. Uh, there's more room for Nekomaru just being like uncomfortably intense about everything, like trying to life coach people on everything. That would have worked better than him being like really into shitting. Also, Jen, did you notice his package? <laughs> I've been meaning to ask. I've been meaning to ask. Right? You saw. His... <laughs> you saw what I was getting at, right? I, I only I only noticed when you pointed it out, but yeah. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Man has he's just freeballing it. <laughs> so, speaking of interesting characters, who did you hang out with during this section? So my game uh, actually crashed uh, during while I was hanging out with people. Uh, so I got Ray zeroed, and I had to go back and. Um, do like the whole ch- maybe this is why i didn't love the chapter as much as i could have because i had to do the whole thing over again um that'll do but, it but i got to uh but that means i got to hang out with more people so i doubled up on peko it just maxed your social link which was very cute i posted in uh in our discord chat um some choice screen caps she does this um she she talks about her experiences with her childhood friend and how like at some point I think like she just gives this really good this good sweet smile and it's like okay yeah that's like that is that is what I played this game for if this game just ended right then and there like that would still be worth the purchase and then I got her panties <laughs> which um which yeah. I I didn't like I don't like that framing very much I feel like that's I feel like that's bad but also like the timing of like just doing normal friend shit and then she just hands you her balled up like panties is just like okay yeah thanks Daniel yeah. Alpha. yeah i that's... guess i mean <laughs> yeah that that's something we haven't really gotten to in previous episodes because none of us were maxing relationships too much but um that is, unfortunately one, <laughs> that is unfortunately one of the Danganronpa traditions with all of the games. Like, uh, if Wait, you max I, I someone... I that being in the first game. Oh, it was. What? Really? What the fuck? We're gonna have to go back. I thought they I just was... gave you, like, a memento. I didn't realize they gave you their undergarments. I'm pretty sure they gave you their undergarments. Uh, but, we're gonna uh... have to check the tape on that one, because I'm, I'm pretty sure we would have brought it up. Did anyone max relationships in the first one? Yeah, we did. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it has become something of from two onward, assuming that it isn't in one. Okay. It's become something of a thing with the games. Like, you max out friendship with anyone within the games, and you will get their underwear. Okay, so long as it's, so long as it's like, equal opportunity. I'm it is. It is equal opportunity, Every and everybody has a unique um, underwear design. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, you know... Black lace, rather daring. Um, um, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, I hung out with Mihiru uh, this uh, chapter. I unfortunately didn't get a chance to max out her link because the fifth uh, free time event, um, she is unavailable because presumably for being murdered. Presumably. Um, presumably. <laughs> she uh, may just be doing. She may just be taking photographs of the ocean. Yeah. Um, or being murdered, one of the two. Um, so her deal is kind of, she, um, her deal is, um, she initially just, like, 
takes pictures of Hajime because uh, she says that Hajime makes dumb looking faces. Um, I mean, she's right. Have she is right. Him? Yeah, no, Hajime's a fucking moron. Uh-huh. Um, I had to, he had to do, like, I had to play a minigame so I could spell, like, meat. <laughs> meat on the bone. Meat on the bone. Yeah, I mean, we had to do, like, we. this was well established. Hajime's a fucking moron. We did, we did like, you know, do you think any of the events of the trials would be minigames if he was competent? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Um... She uh, is not interested in taking pictures of men, which, I mean, big mood. Uh, even though she takes your picture, but again, I think it's just sort of like, oh, what a dumb looking face. I have to capture this. Uh, but she does warm up to Hajime in a kind of a standard, like, isekai, like, whatever. She's kind of tsundere at first, but not extremely. She's just... um. I don't know. It it was kind of not that interesting, but you do learn some details about her. Like her mother was a war photographer, so that's why she prefers to only take pictures of people's smiling faces because of the pictures her mom would show her. Um, not necessarily of war, but of people smiling in their smiling faces. So that's why she just takes pictures of people. Uh, she has a policy where she never deletes a photo. Um, yeah. yeah, she she was fun. Um, I did I, I did her first like social link thing. Um, like before I got before I got Isakai'd back into the start of the chapter, uh, which is the lamest light novel I've ever read, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. But she seemed pretty cool there. I kind of wish we could have. I think that's like the downside of characters like kind of beefing it early because we don't really get to hang out with them that much. So we just there are just sides of these cat of the cast that we just don't see. Right. Um, um, I will say that there are ways to like see other vignettes of the characters. Um, like if you walk to places and actually talk to the characters that you encounter, um, yeah, you will get, you get you little see, you see little tidbits. Yeah. Um, like, there's a scene in which um, Chiaki uh, plays a video game with um, Mikan, and Mikan is just happy that somebody is, like, treating her nice, and it's just like, oh, she's teaching me how to play this game. And it's like, oh, that's nice. Just characters acting nice towards each other. It's a good change of pace. Yeah. I, whenever an another day comes along, before I go up to the restaurant, first thing I do is walk around the hotel area and say hi to people see how they're doing it it adds a lot more it, it adds a lot more um flavor to these characters that uh as you mentioned jackie the way that it handles the story progressing sometimes overlooks yeah, yeah. i um i've been wandering around a, a bit but I, I haven't really been like exploring the whole available area you know mm-hmm Hey everybody, it's me, Kyrie. Thank you so much for listening to episode 4 of season 2 of Ultimate Despair Reprise. Let's get to the shoutout, shall we? First of all, this is a show on the Scanline Media Network. Go to scanlinemedia.com for more podcasts and articles for absolutely free. We have shows like Romance of the Two Networks, our uh, 
Romance of the Three Kingdoms podcast with the Abnormal Mapping Network, Bottle Crow Reborn, and our newest show, Mechanista in G. Hey, and if you subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia, you get access to over 130 episodes of Oops All Anime. And all you gotta do is pitch in $1 a month. Pitch in at $4 a month or more, and you get access to Scanline Tabletop, our exclusive actual play podcast as well. For more information, go to scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Also, huge thank you to Vetrom for the use of music in this episode. Head over to youtube.com slash vtmprojects for more remixes. They cover series like Splatoon, Fire Emblem, and Pokemon, and their stuff is always killer. They even have original music with Hatsune Miku, and everybody loves Hatsune Miku. You're on the internet. You probably love her. I love her. So again, head over to youtube.com slash vtmprojects for more hot remixes. Finally, shoutouts to you, the listener. I know episodes have been slow to come out, but hey, life keeps capital H happening. So I want to thank you for listening in and liking the show on Twitter. Be sure to follow us at udespaircast on Twitter. And if you want to write us an email, send it to despaircast at gmail.com. Thank you for all your wonderful support. It means just the world to us. Anyhow, that's it for me. I hope you've been keeping your head above water. Stuff is pretty rough out there. But I know we can get through this. Next episode's homework is to play the Deadly Life section of Chapter 2 of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Till next time, talk to you later. Have you been keeping up with your digital pet? Well, the game changed her name to shit at me, so I don't think I have. <laughs> Same thing happened to me when yeah. she just became a giant pile of shit. Yeah, I'm okay with I'm okay if Monami dies. I have... I have zero fucks given about this virtual pet thing i there was a reason i never bought a tamagotchi as a kid i bought a digimon at a yard sale and my digimon would always die after like the second phase because there was no one to battle with yeah that happens to me occasionally (laughs) that you you die if you don't have anybody to battle with yeah (laughs) why why do you think i hang out with him now (laughs) (laughs) Uh. (laughs) okay um there we are um let's see what else is what else do i have in my notes that's interesting and fun um oh i also hung out with uh sonia um for the fifth uh social link and she's just sonia is just really into j dramas because she's just a huge weeb at the end of the day, oh man, I gotta hang out with Sonia. I want to hang out with Sonia. Re- What'd you say? I want to. I want to relive high school and hang out with a fucking weeaboo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she is a one million percent weeaboo because she like says, "Isn't this just like one of these Japanese dramas that you've totally watched, Hajime? <laughs> Japanese person." <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, that, that's a little. That gets, that gets into a little uncomfortable territory. Yeah, I might it have does. to edit that out. I might have to edit that out. Yeah. Hey, what, hey what's up, you? Fu- what's up, you fucking foreigner? I'm sure you've watched all those foreign dramas. You fucking like, nah, nah, son, you don't be racist. Um. Ah, oh, jeez. Sonia's just a little clueless. She just went to work at the racism factory and never punched out. <laughs>
<laughs> she's got no, no tea for this. I mean, good on her, but like, good on her, but how much did she make from it? Um, okay. Who did you uh, hang out with, Jen? Um, I pretty much hung out with, uh, mostly Sonia and, uh, Maharu. Um, just cause I, it, I haven't really, I haven't really hung out with Sonia in my previous playthroughs to the point where I wanted to know more about her. And also because I knew that Mahiru was going to eat it at the end of this um, daily life, I was like, okay, I, I might as well find out everything I can about her. Though it, I also like with, since it gives you more free time than previous games did. Um, I also took a little bit of time to hang out with Peko and I was into her being like, look, I just need to, like, I love soft things, but soft things run away from me all the time. So you basically are like, oh, I bet Gundam would help because Gundam is good with animals and he has those hamsters that are always following him around. And yeah. she just makes a fucking beeline for Gundam. <laughs> yeah, Peko's great. I, I simp. I am I'm 100% the Peko simp. Legally changing my name to uh, the Peko simp. Um, she's fucking fantastic. Like, the, um, again, like I told you, I maxed out her social link. Uh, and she, of course, goes on about, like, how how she saved her child. Like, there was a, they, like, she and her childhood friend, like, she's like, oh, it's, like, she, she smiles because she's remembering the time she spent with her childhood friend. And then, like, Hajime kind of, like, pushes her on it. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, about the time he got, like, shoved into a van and I saved him and it all came out okay. And it was great. And the smile on her face is like, wait, that's not normal. Normal people don't do that. Well, she is the ultimate swordswoman. Yeah. I mean, that is that is 100% true. I um, do like how the social time events, the free time events, they give the impression that since Hajime is such a blank slate, you get the impression that if he had enough time to just hang out with everyone and he wasn't embroiled in a constant murder mystery he would become more well-rounded as a person just by hanging out with all these people and being like, okay, Pekka's going to teach me how to sword fight, and these I, other people are going to teach me how to be a more emotional person. Yeah. I feel like Hajime's secret talent is that he's the ultimate therapist, because on God, these people need one really badly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I also hung out very briefly with... Um, Oh god, I forgot her name. Um, the punk Shiaki? rocker. Ibuki. Oh, Ibuki. Ibuki. Yeah, Ibuki's great. Uh, I really just got the first the first um, social link thing, which was kind of eh. But it, I, I mean, it's there. It was there. It existed. It was good for the most part. Like, it was, it was inoffensive. It was okay. There was also... God, I hung out... Uh, there was also... Uh, what's that I fucking hang out with? I, I hung out with Mahiru, I think. The first I think the first her first the first link in her uh, social link thing was kinda disappointing. Which is why when I got like you know when I, when my game froze up and I had to go back to the start of the chapter, I didn't I didn't choose her again. I chose uh, Ibuki instead. Right. Um, but the other three were all Peko time. Um is it just me, or, or did it feel like kind of a weird, like, hangout time? Because 
like just previously there had been this whole deal with like you know oh you know we the school has to see the, the school that you can't break into has the secrets to you know everything and you know the world got destroyed by terrorists which hey that aged really poorly <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Like, let me like terrorists destroyed the world is probably is has probably been like the worst possible plot line to like age in the age of uh, you know homegrown right wing nationalism actually destroying the world. Um, right. Like doing all that and more. Um, and then like. God, they, I can't believe they actually did Tai Komaeda up though. Like, finally, somebody takes my advice. I feel uh, so. Li- I feel so listened to. Um, you feel seen. This game sees so, you. This game sees me. It appreciates. It, it sat me down. It's like, hey, Jackie, you know what? We've had some rough times, but I'll Tai Komaeda up for you. I'll throw him in the dungeon. It's and always was- struck. <laughs> It's always struck me as incredibly funny that when Hajime arrives, Komaeda just has the horniest fucking face on him imaginable. I mean, I think you're just projecting on that, but like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't see. I, I saw the face and it didn't look horny so much as it looked like this is just how Komaeda looks. Just a wry smile at anyone who pays attention to him. Yeah, he he is essentially he is a he is essentially a small yappy dog, like actually can do some really fucked up shit but like he is a small yappy dog that is entirely like that just wants validation he just wants somebody to see him and be like oh hey komaeda hey buddy instead of going hey what are you doing in my house get out (laughs) Um, i'm calling the cops um anyway so um I feel like this chapter was a little, little hinted shaky. At, it, yeah, it, it was a little shaky. It hinted with with the school specifically. It hinted at something that um, I really hope that um, I'm wrong here. But there's like enough evidence for it where I have to ask: Is this all like a simulation in this game? Because like, I was kind of suspecting it when the school fell apart and revealed, like, you were on an island. And that was kind of, in this chapter, kind of hinted at not really just being a wacky transition so much as it was, like, you know, you are in some form of unreality because, like, Monokuma and Monami, you know, they say that they can't get into the school when they they don't move via normal locomotion so like mm. they don't um really have a um a me- like they don't normal they don't really do that like they don't they they can kind of get wherever they need to in ways that defy you know like in Danganronpa 1 there was at least the explanation there being like multiple monokuma robots that were and monokuma had like a physical presence in a way that like the um this version of Monokuma just doesn't. Right. I think. Like there are there are just there are just hint there are just like hints that it's not really like I don't know if this is like, you know, gonna be if at the final chapter it's gonna be like, oh, this was all a drug and juice dream or like, oh, 
you know, you were all in a simulation, or Monokuma is like an eldritch being that, like, but it feels like we're in some form of unreality in this town. So there is there is precedent. I just felt like I just felt like like pointing that out because I felt like that was a big thing that the text hints at just enough, right? To like kind of confirm it, but like I don't think it's going to do anything with this for another for another couple of chapters. Um, and right right now, the explanation that Monokuma seems to be pointing to is a gigantic organization was responsible for this because he people talk about how there is supposed to be a administrative building on the central island but uh instead there's just a statue with a yeah there was supposed to be there was supposed to be an administrative building and wasn't weren't there supposed to be like weren't there not supposed to be bridges yeah there were no bridges it was just a series of boats which would require like i mean if you wanted to make a really big bridge between like very distinct islands you would that would require a lot of effort and a lot of materials that you'd have to use and it wouldn't really make it's not really it doesn't really lend itself to the kind of subtlety that you'd need in order to um, you know run one of these games in comparative secret like a terror like a terrorist organization wouldn't really be able to do that because at that point that would just be a world government. Right. Um, also, the name World Ender fucking sucks. I hate it. Yeah, it's kind of lame. It's extre- it is extremely cornball. Fuck you, Doc and Rampa. Oh, don't you know it was World Ender that did this? Who? who okay, like, but like, really, who who would start a gang called World Ender? Like, fuck off. Enough. Enough. We know it's a 14-year-old behind us. Okay, so we, we do the hangout time. We go back to the drama. Um, I think it was cool. Like, the Ibuki, Sonya, and Akane were bantering about Curry. Um, I uh-huh. think the game needed more of that sort of stuff. Like, I, I think, like, in the actual linear text, there should have just been more of the, um, like, just banter, like, just nonsensical banter between characters. Uh, just idle like conversations rather than all the plot stuff because I feel like it's a little bit too much. They also reference the the fajita effect, which is Uh-oh. like the principle. So they're like, oh, you know, when talk like doesn't talking about curry just make you you know want to uh, eat curry? So there is a name for it. Yes, so it's so named be- or I guess this this might be a little bit of a stretch, but the, it it's so named because like people notice that like in restaurants when you order like a fajita uh or when you order fajitas what lot when somebody orders a, a plate of fajitas uh line cooks end up preparing um multiple like ser- multiple like servings uh, servings i guess multiple dishes or so like they end up preparing multiple plates of fajitas because if one when one person orders it because fe- because they have such an, a strong visual oral and olfactory presence other people order it immediately after huh. because they'll hear the sizzle. They'll smell the, the meat cooking and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll see the plate being brought along because, you know, fajitas, you, you generally make them with like onions and two types of bell peppers. It's very visually appealing. It has a very strong, very strong, uh, very strong, uh, well-stated smell. Um, you get the billowing like, and you, and you hear the, like the crackle of the, uh, of it being of it being like of it sizzling on the plate 
so there's a demand spike, uh, and it's, it, I think it, it the the uh, the name came from colloquial usage and like specifically a Chili's back of house, but I don't recall. Huh. That is interesting because like ever since Teru died, I've been the ultimate cook. So yeah. This may contradict with the Jackie lure, where I previously have stated that I'm not the uh, ultimate uh, anything, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I lie all the time. Constantly. Literally constantly. This like, is what whenever we do I, on a podcast. Whenever I just, I just, what, do you think someone would really do that? Go on a podcast and tell lies? Yes. Or no. <laughs> you don't know. There's no way for you to tell if I'm lying or not. Right. I'm the real Joker here. I'm the Joker man. That's me. That's me. I'm the Joker. Gotta love me. (laughs) Um, Um, I do like that when they revealed the the murder like incentive and it was a video game, Chiaki kind of was like extremely hype. She was really hype and they got really upset that it was like a sequel to a uh, twilight murder syndrome or twilight syndrome yeah and it was i was like i really like those pretty, games yeah it was pretty pog that um that that like monokuma's trying to threaten everybody and jackie's just like fuck yes video games this is what i came to this island for thank you um, thank you monokuma one base, thing I wa- thank you monokuma you are officially based and Whatever else the kids are saying these days. Uh, epic. Have some chalky milk. Yes, both of those things. <laughs> you are epic and have some chalky milk. <laughs> Thank you for being based. Say, have some chalky milk. Based people King Monokuma. <laughs> people on the internet post a picture of like Markiplier handing you a cup of chocolate milk. Yeah, have some chalky milk because you're epic. Yep. Um. Also, I think it's a fucked up place, Jennifer. Also, speaking of Chiaki, I think at some point she's like, I will never, ever let another killing happen. And it's like, I I get that it's supposed to be kind of a joke because, like, Danganronpa is a game that leans on its melodrama a lot. And, Mm -hmm. like, having characters say shit like this inevitably makes it, like, you know, there's the dramatic irony of, like, okay, this is the second chapter of the game. You're going to say I'm never, ever going to let another killing happen, but we're going to have, like, a third of the cast by the end of this. Like, everybody, like, most of the people here are going to be dead by the end of it. Right. Uh, So there is that dramatic irony, and I get it, but I still think it's lame. Right? Like... Yeah, the the constantly, like, pointed out. Like, it's... it's, it's one yeah. of those things, like you mentioned with the text of like the text saying like, oh, this is an annoying thing. It's like, well, it's like the text may say, oh, I'm never going to let another killing happen. But it's like, like you said, we, the we audience know already that. know. We already know that like two thirds of the cast are going to eat it. We've never played before. <laughs> right. We have already gotten the gist of the game rather soundly at this point. We know another murder is going to happen. It's kind of just to be expected and drawing attention to that, drawing attention to that, having characters draw attention to that is kind of lame. It was more effective in the first game when Makoto was, as a response to the first killing, was like, 
I'm not going to get over this. I'm going to keep their deaths um, on my... I'm going to carry these pe- these people's lives and their deaths on my back for the rest of my life, and I'm going to continue fighting for them. That was much more effective because he was, like, acknowledging that, hey, there might be some more killings and some more deaths during this period of time, but I'm not going to forget about any of them, and I'm going to do my best to keep their keep their memory with me. Yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of the big thing, is that I think the reason Makoto's saying I will carry their deaths with me matters, or has more weight to it and is more effective than Chiaki saying I will never let another murder happen again. Aside from the obvious, is that Makoto is talking about the emotional stakes on him. Mm. Where he's, and we, like, And if he can't follow up on, like, you know, holding, you know, holding those deaths with him, um, if he can't, if he can't follow up on holding those deaths with him, um, that's like, in a like, we don't know. We like, we like, that is something that we like, we know murders are going to happen because it is like chapter two in the deck. Right. But we don't know how that's going to affect Makoto. You know? Exactly. Like we don't know if by the end of this he's going to be like like we're sure he's not going to be broken, but we don't know if he's going to actually be able if or if the text is going to have him carry like you know these deaths in a constructive way or if they're going to weigh on him destructively. Right. Um, and that was with, part with of Ch- yeah. I mean that was like kind of the core like struggle with Makoto as a character in the first game. Um, yeah. Was like was he going to? I mean. Were the deaths going to break him or not? And I think, yeah, hope and despair and all that. We kind, yeah, I think we kind of know that hope was. It was kind of a given that hope would win over despair. I mean, that's that is extremely that's extremely basic, like like no shit. But um, I think the way like the deaths weigh on Makoto at least was an unknown. Like you don't know how. Like you know that they're going to weigh on him. You know things are going to suck. The way the the deaths weigh on Makoto is is one thing. How those deaths, how the deaths, um, like how they're going to affect them is an unknown. Yeah, like the fact that they're going to weigh on him, we know. The how they're going to weigh on them on him, we don't know. And how um, the whole scenario plays out is also a thing that we we are one hundred percent on. But with with Chiaki saying, I'm never going to let anybody kill another person in this. Like, that's a, like, we know, we know people are going to die. Like, that is a known fact. That is not only a known fact, but, like, something that is so readily apparent that it is almost offensive that one of the characters would go so far as to, like, patronize, like, it's not, like, offensive, but it it feels patronizing. Like, when Mm -hmm. the game's, like, Oh, when Chiaki's like, oh, you know, I'm never gonna let anybody, you know, I- I'm never gonna let another killing happen. And like the game kind of wrings its hands, like, ooh, if only she knew what was in its store. And it's like, I know what's in store. People are going to kill each other. It's chapter two, of course. Don't be a we fucking still- idiot. We got four more chapters to go. We got four more chapters. I don't like. I get it, but like, there's nothing attached to that statement that gives it particular emotional weight, right? You know. Like, there's nothing attached to that statement that gives it, a, like, a kind of a unique emotional resonance. It's just kind of, it just kind of feels like a platitude. 
And mm-hmm. I feel like if the text wanted to call out it, call it out as a platitude, it should have called it out as a platitude like then and there, rather right. than giving us that as like a dramatic book because it falls flat as a dramatic book. Right. Um, but I do think it was cool that somebody pointed out, oh yeah, you know, we don't like we should, none of us should have anything to do with this game because if you know somebody plays it, that could be that could be a pretty good motive to kill. And also, you know, and then somebody brought up like, oh, what are we going to do? Like, just kill anybody who plays the game. And I'm like, absolutely. We should start killing people for being gamers. Let's go. Let us go. <laughs> it's radicalized me. Let's start killing gamers. Let's go. Let's get um, on it. And. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like. And in my notes, I was like, OK, uh, I, I kept po- I, I feel like this is the third time I said, it, but Hiyoko and my hero are actually very cute together. Like, I, I like their I like their yeah. dynamic. I wish this was like towards the end of last chapter, you know. Mm-hmm. I wish this yeah. developed like I wish this developed earlier so we got more time with it. It's kind of like, like it's kind of disappointing that like as soon as Mahiru develops like an actual relationship with a character, like she gets fucking murked. But I guess this yeah. is going to be like a scenario with um those two dudes from the last game where like one where Mondo like it was Mondo and what's his name Kiyotaka. Kiyotaka and Mondo, yeah. Yeah, where, like, you know, Mondo dies and Kiyotaka's, like, you know, catatonic for one chapter and then one after he's like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry on the legacy of Mayaniki. Um, I feel like, you know, Kiyoko's gonna be like that with her own Achan, which, mm-hmm. okay, I'll take it. You know, kind of lame, but, like, fuck it, I guess. Anything that stops that gives Kiyoko a compelling character arc, because I like her design a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Danganronpa fucking sucks at getting going, but once it gets going, it's fine. Yeah. Um, that's, they have that's us feed kind the clown. Of the story of... What was that? They had us feed the clown. I'm just going through mm. my notes at this point. Komaeda is like... Yeah. Touching back on Komaeda, like, I feel like I keep saying this, but he could be extremely funny if the game like let him be, but like, I feel like the text itself is like, he's fucked up and twisted and it's like no he's not he's a 15 year old he's an idiot he he has no grasp on ideology he thinks he thinks he's edgy he thinks he's got everything figured out but again he is a young teenager and he does not yeah uh i think there is something there is a bit of humor i think to the way like um komeda's lines are delivered i think there is like uh humor to that because it's like almost sing-songy half the time in the Japanese dub. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, they're in the over-the-topness of uh, Megumi Ogata's performance, I think, like, sells us on, like, okay, we probably shouldn't take him that seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I feel like Danganronpa, like, is at its best when it's not taking itself seriously. Right. Um, also, I am... So, like, like, for instance, on a meta thing, it's incredibly funny that we were playing proto Danganronpa inside of Danganronpa. The yeah. actual mechanical execution of that, terrible. The notion that it, the game forced us to play Danganronpa inside of Danganronpa and didn't draw attention to that as like, oh, wasn't that a funny joke? Like, that was fantastic. That was actually really good. And I want to see more of that tier, like that quality of content in the future. Um, right. Also, um, I feel like I, I want to circle back again to Mahiru. She started off really abrasive, but I mm. kind of like how aggressively coded she is as like this 
uh, Osana Najimi archetype, this childhood friend archetype mm -hmm. of like, you know, being vaguely like Sundere, but not really. Just this yeah. like, you know, well, she, this familiar archetype of somebody who, you know, rel somebody reliable who, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm a I, fan. I, I liked her design and I liked her, like the way she interacts with the story and like she's frazzled and also is willing to call other people out. But also she's not aggressively mean about it either, like most yeah. Cinderace. Like, yeah, she's not like, I mean, again, she is she's very much a Osana Najmi, like Onesan type character where, wow. Uh, I fucking sound like the biggest weeaboo on the planet. I really hate this. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's very, she's this, she's coded with these archetypes that make her very, um, that kind of cast her as like, you know, reliable, this person, the kind of the grown up in the room, you know, but also somebody who, but, but I think that like contrasts pretty well with the fact that she actually looks like if you line the cast up oldest to youngest, I feel like she comparatively young which is weird because she's arguably one of the most mature members of the cast right she is the most mature she, yeah no like, she's uh, like she is she would be the group leader if she didn't get marked immediately right um, like fuck Byakia. man's a poser so but one thing that did bother me is that Hinata does not connect the dots that the events of the game actually happen and that that's the motive um like, like they spell it out pretty explicitly. Yeah, like, like with the, the photographs girl. Scene. The photographs girl is like extreme. Like even if you ignored that, and granted, I did ignore that on my first playthrough. Um, of again, because reminder, I I my game crashed right at the very end of the chapter, and I had to start over from the beginning, and I got to play. I got to I got to get double take on everything, an excruciating double take on everything. <laughs> um, but like. It's it's weird because it's like the photograph girl is like very super obviously Mahiru. Um and Hinata just doesn't go like, oh, so that's what the murder is supposed to be, that these people witnessed a murder of somebody important or of something. Or you know. Or that right. there's a murder among them. Yeah, there's there's several characters that line up with people that are on the island, like uh the person that you control initially, who's apologizing for everything, that's clearly Mikan. Um, yeah. There's the person who's bullying everyone around, and that's obviously Hyoko. Like, it's very obvious. Like, it matches up pretty one for one. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, I spent some time with Chiaki also, uh, again, because, like, I got, like, five free times, I think, and my game crashed on the fourth? Or so. You got a lot of free time. I got, yeah, no, I got a lot of free times. Double uh, dose and double shoot. You found out about Hinamatsuri, which is cute. Like, I thought that was very, that was kind of, you know, Buck Girls Festival. I think that was cute. Um, which also, like, I guess Chiaki kind of lives under a rock. I, I mean, I don't know how you, I, she, I guess she kind of lives under a rock. Like, I don't know how you would grow up as a, you know, a Japanese school student. Um, make it to high school age and be like the ultimate in something and not know, you know, about your cultural customs in your own country. Yeah, that is a little weird. 
yeah. So um, I guess Chiaki is a sh- I guess we're going to find out more about that. I guess, I mean, maybe I, I, something's up with Chiaki. Mm-hmm. My intuition is telling us as an ultimate. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, we, we covered Kaju- Kazuichi wanted to, ch- wanted to peep on the girls, probably the most Danganronpa thing in Danganronpa, aside from playing Danganronpa within Danganronpa. Um, I do like the, I I did like that he that we showed up several hours early. Yeah, there. Like I, I like. Fog. I thought it was pretty funny, and also like the matching swimsuits uh, being speedos. Like it's like of course Kazuichi would do something like this because yeah. he's an idiot, and Man it's is like the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> the absolute biggest dumbest idiot and there's I love a single him. there's a single brain cell that bounces around in his skull and what like a screen like a dvd screensaver and when it hits a corner he experiences a thought <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing about um that that i did appreciate was like how the um the body sonya shows, announced... up, in diving... sonya shows well, up in a diving suit well sonya showing up in a diving suit was pretty funny um but I was more referring to like how um, Kazuichi goes ahead, like the girls acquiesce and just say, "Okay, you can come along, Kazuichi," and he goes goes ahead to like set things up on the beach, and then you hear the ding 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 ding, like the body announcement chime, and it's and like Yoko just sprinting out. Yeah, like I appreciate how like in the last game, basically every murder happened like while Makoto was sleeping. Which was kind of annoying because it was like, oh, time to go to bed. Time for a murder to happen. Now yeah. it's like much more active and much more like designed to try and catch you a little off guard. And yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, I felt like, I, th- yeah, that was a, that's a good point. I felt like that was a good addition. Um, it still feels kind of, it still feels kind of planned since, you know, it's just the it is just the uh, linear events after your daily life segment, right? Or not daily life uh, after your hangout time is done, right? Like you so still far, as a like, player, still as a player, know that like oh boy, a murder is about to happen, but like they're a little bit, it's a, it's little, a little bit, it, it's a little bit less prepping you with a with an explicit puzzle, right? Where it's I, like details like ohioko running away and then like the girls showing up in what order like you don't explicitly think of those as like clues until like the murder happens and it crystallizes like oh everything that just happened was probably a clue yeah um we touched on the game bribing me with swimsuit peko um we touched on uh sonya showing up in um in a, in, a, in, a, in a wetsuit. I feel like they should have given her like an old-timey diving suit, though. Like, <laughs> like they really should have just gone whole hog with it and, like, just been, like, you know, fucking big, dumb metal helmet, big, dumb, you know, heavy rubber, like, thing. Or like, sk- just the unsexiest thing on the planet because I feel like you could still go... You could still make an argument for a skin-tight wetsuit being horny. But like you could, you can, you literally, literally cannot make an argument for a diving suit being horny. Just, she shows up. I, she shows up in a bathosphere. She what is? Oh. <laughs> she shows up like driving a bathosphere. 
on Christ, that is my favorite thing. Yes. I can remember what a bathosphere was. That is fantastic. She just shows. She just shows. Your homework for next week is Sonia driving a bathosphere. Yeah, if you could draw that. I I can't give you anything because I'm broke, but like, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, please do. It would make me very happy. Um, Uh, Jen, did you have any thoughts on the chapter? Um, I think what I feel like we pretty much touched on everything. Um, I, I do think that the the murder motive in this and the actual the actual target is a good lead up for what's going to be one of the most. I'd say it's one of the most emotional chapters in the game. Um, and that'll be that'll be interesting to see how raw it gets. But uh, it's it, it's a very fun chapter. I feel like it. Even if it does occasionally get pretty clumsy when it gets into when it tries to build more of the mystery around it. Yeah. Um so like it is extremely obvious that Hyoko did not do the murder. Like knowing Danganronpa, every character should be like, Oh, Hyoko did it. And it's like, okay, well no. That's a known fact. She did. Um as well, far as the mur- as far as who did the murder though. Um. Yeah, who do you think? Who do you think did it? I have no fucking clue. But I feel like it's gonna be. I feel like I'm not gonna like the results. I feel like it's just gonna be some. I feel like it's gonna be like some shit like Ibuki or Peko or fucking um Kazuichi or somebody. No, not not Soda, not Kazuichi. Um, Fuyuhiko. Fuyuhiko. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I. I'm so bad with names. Well, like, it'll be some. It's definitely not going to be Nekomaru. Is is like Nekomaru is going to continue talking about shit for the rest of his life. Um, Akane will maybe do it. I don't know. Like, I it's definitely going to be somebody that I, that that I'm going to be like, oh, you know, that I'm going to be like very upset. Dies. Um, and for that, for that, I preemptively say, rip in pieces. You will be missed. Our time was short, but it was poggers. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, our time has been a little long, but that's okay. Yeah, an hour and a half. But this is a long. This is the longest. Uh, this is the longest recording session of uh, Bearcast season two. Yeah, there was a lot to talk so about. Far. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot. To, yeah, but um, yeah. So next time it will be the deadly life section of chapter two of super dang and romp two uh goodbye despair um and you can follow us at at you despair cast i'll say that i said the twitter i say the twitter thing correctly this time uh you can email us at uh, despaircast at gmail.com um and that's it that's a pod yeah it's the pod that's yep. it that's go it. home everybody Go home. We don't want you well, here. Are you fucking well, kidding me? Get out of my well, sight. <laughs> what are you doing at school in the first place during a pandemic? You listening to this at school? Hold on, that's cool. No, yeah, that's actually really cool. That's insane. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah it's teachers, like, listen. To <laughs> listen to the spare cast while while your teachers hide like three yeah. layers of plastic or on a God. Zoom call. God, what a depressing world we live into. What a depressing world. I feel like I almost would rather live in Danganronpa world.
I'd rather get isekai into the murder game where I probably would get killed at the end of the first chapter than, like, deal with America right now. Fuck this country. Fuck it. Fuck this country right up. I mean, most of the world is doing pretty bad right now, but on God, we are really competing for gold medal in most fucked up country. Um, <laughs> yep. Brazil. Brazil's coming close, though. We, we have some competition. That we do. All right. Well, uh, that's enough of the geopolitics. Enough um, of that. You come. Your homework this... for the next episode is to um, play till the end of the chapter. I guess just do the deadly life. Do the uh, deadly we will life. See what more fun spelling problems uh, Hajime will encounter. Of course, this man can't spell. We we know that it's well established. Yeah. Hajime can't read. Maybe if he went to school, he'd know. But he can't go to school because he's in the middle of a murder middle, game. Middle, yeah, he's in the middle of a murder game, and all the schools are closed right now. It's August; schools are closed anyway. <laughs> right. Until next time, I've been Kyrie. I've been Jennifer. I've been suffering. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> Class dismissed. See ya.